0: Welcome to Sober Thoughts. I'm Claire and I'm Jay and this is the podcast where we'll unpack the craziness that is life. Every day, today Sober Thought we're going to be talking about the craziness that is mental illnesses and I feel like a lot of people are either misdiagnosed or are not diagnosed at all because mm-hmm. of the stigma that comes with mental illnesses and since it is um commonly like ignored because they need support um, through their journey and everything. And I mean, mental illness is a like, it's an invisible illness. Like you see it, therefore people just ignore it in a way, I guess. Yeah. And I mean like, what is crazier than the unknown because everyone is so scared of what they can't see. And if they can't see mental illness, then they i mean everyone's common thing is just if you if you're scared about it just ignore it until it goes away
1: that's true But personally i have like the biggest fear well first off i'm scared of the dark because you, you, <laughs> you can't me see it's fine. It's you fine. can't see and also i'm scared like of not knowing like i hate being left out the loop i hate like just even like not knowing the answer to something in class, like it really just mm-hmm. kills me a little bit inside. Mm-hmm. So just not knowing is is very like it just well, I'm,
0: pulls at me. I mean, scared of the being scared of the dark and thing because you're scared of what you can't see exactly. Which I mean, it
1: coincides, I guess. All right, to get into mental illnesses, I think we need to define what a mental illness is. So. It's basically a disorder that can cause psychological and behavioral disturbances with varying severities. All right. Well, over 50 million Americans have a mental illness. So that's one in four adults. And only 36% are receiving treatment. What? That's what I'm saying. Like, that is why it's so important to, like, talk about. Because it's such a common thing. I knew a lot, like, was
0: becoming, like misdiagnosed or undiagnosed and like people weren't getting like the treatment
1: that they need yeah that it was that low i know it's what i'm saying but so we need to talk about like what causes this like within our bodies all right so what causes this in the brain so basically um it's, it tends to be connected with a chemical imbalance so we've heard that a lot that all these mental illnesses are caused by chemical imbalance in the brain because a lot of people try and argue that some mental illnesses aren't even real and that people are self-diagnosing themselves with something that they don't even have. Yeah. Um, But another cause can be like defects or injuries to the brain or even genetics or infections that lead to brain damage or drugs, stuff like that. But the most common one is chemical imbalance. But then, like, I got thinking, I was like, but why? Like, why do we get this chemical imbalance, you know? Yeah. Like, why does our body, like, tend to do that? And how does that chemical imbalance cause these things? Okay. So, what this, the imbalance pretty much impedes the brain. And it doesn't allow messages to be sent from neuron to neuron. Which we've talked about, like, neuron transmitters and all that before. So, basically, that's, like, That's how your body functions is like messages traveling from neuron to neuron. Mm -hmm. And these imbalances aren't allowing that to happen. So naturally, like your body and your mind, you wouldn't function as it should. Um, So the brain's wiring isn't functioning normally and as a result of this malfunction the brain doesn't communicate properly with the body and that's what leads to like common symptoms for each mental illness being shown
0: yeah all
1: right so that brings up the question like why do chemicals become imbalanced okay so normally this is a combat it's a combination of like biological psychological and environmental factors it's very rarely is it ever like contributed to one Um, so something that I found like really interesting, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of transduction, but so basically what transduction is, is a translation of emotional distress to physiological change to a physical symptom.
0: Um, you're going to have to break that down a little bit more. Okay.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. So it's like, it's like you, you're having a feeling Like, just any emotion, whether that be sad or happy, like, whatever that emotion may be, that distress is changed into, like, a literal chemical makeup in your brain. Yeah. And then, so that's what is affecting the chemical is, like, your emotions Mm -hmm. is what are, like, producing it. And then that translates into the production of the chemical is what translates into the symptom. Oh,
0: okay, so if there's, like, a, if there's a mishap in the chemical makeup of whatever that emotion is, it can, like, translate it differently and, like, make it.
1: Or it's, like, these emotions are causing either more or less of a certain
0: oh, hormone oh, okay. to be
1: produced. Okay, so once that, once that's messed up, then, like,
0: co- then comes yeah. the symptoms.
1: Yeah, but that's just important to note because it it's, like, proving the fact that like your emotions and so like these outside factors are affecting your mental health like it is in, it is up to an environment
0: yeah because admit, to
1: a certain point
0: because they like I mean with everyone everyone's mental health is important like even if you don't have a diagnosis or anything like that you right like they say like don't be stressed don't put yourself in an environment where something can like trigger either sad anger happy whatever it is because I I mean it makes sense because it could trigger those chemical imbalances
1: yeah and I'm so glad you brought up stress (laughs) because that is the obviously like like you said they always tell you like like reduce your stress whatever like we always hear it's impossible to to try to like reduce your stress so like stress is like the most common like cause which it is so what stress does to you is it raises your level of hormones and it boosts your nervous system's mm-hmm. activity. So this impacts your health, which leads to more anxiety and stress. Because, like, mm-hmm. it'll impact your health by, like, you end up, like, you can't sleep. So, like, you're staying up longer and you're tired or just, like, you just fit, you're just you getting sick and, like, mm-hmm. fatigued and all that. So it's just – and that causes even more. Um, and it's going to – it raises the toxins in your blood – which causes, like, skin disease, such as, like, acne Yeah. And, and then that causes more stress because you're stressed about how your skin is looking. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, it affects your gastrointestinal system because it makes it become, like, highly acidic. And that leads to the formation of, like, stomach ulcers. Mm-hmm. And then we all know this one. It causes a pressure buildup, which leads to headaches and migraines.
0: So I've experienced that every day. There
1: it is. There it is. But it's also important to note that not all stress is bad. Mm-hmm. Like a little bit of stress, like before a performance or before an interview or something, it typically makes you perform better. It boosts your adrenaline. Well, I, um, I actually learned this in anatomy when we were
0: learning about um, like our kidneys and everything because on top of our kidneys sit our adrenal glands and right. like stress kind of it's kind of like a startup to your because as soon as you get stressed your adrenaline starts going which you kind of feel during like a performance or a job interview like you get that boost of like oh god like you just get nervous I guess Mm -hmm. and um and so but and that's the good stress but if it's the bad kind of stress um it triggers that like fight or flight almost in a way right um that that with those like adrenal glands and stuff and if that keeps getting triggered it can like eat away at your digestive system and at your like every your your adrenal glands control every like they go everywhere because it's a part of your nervous system Mm -hmm. so it eats away at literally every single system in your body because your adrenaline goes everywhere so if you do have too much of that stress, it builds up over time and it just, it, I mean, it destroys your body in a way, I guess. Exactly. So
1: that makes me think, like, what pushes us to that point of stress? Like, what makes yeah. stress become an issue until, uh-huh. like, it becomes that severe? So you always, like, everyone always says, like, don't worry about things you can't control which i mean that's true <laughs> but like easier said than done yeah like you i'm still going to worry like, yeah. i'm still going to worry and like that is one of the things that leads to it it's like worrying about these things you can't control because you can't do anything about it but like like the only so the only thing you can do is stress and worry yeah. about it yeah yeah so and then typically those things are like over a long period of time mm-hmm. or and that is one of the things that makes stress such a problem is when it's prolonged stress yes so yeah um if you're worrying about something for months at a time or something if you're just like constantly like even if it could it could be a whole bunch of littler things but if it's like back to back to back to back mm-hmm. then it's still like you're stressed all the time so it's like it's a constant and like it's a domino effect like we were talking about earlier like you're stressed about one thing and then it leads to stress about something else and stress about something else that the stress is causing and then it's stress 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 mm-hmm. and so that is what's about to make it become this huge issue. And like there, and then there, I mean, there are bigger things like psychological trauma or like a big yeah. loss or something, but like typical stressors are like, like a divorce or like just change in your life or like low self-esteem or schoolwork or something school, like that.
0: School. school.
1: We're going to say it a couple of times, but y'all. Mm-hmm. But, all right. But something that I think is kind of just interesting to know is like what what part of the brain and like what chemical is it that leads to certain mental illnesses? Mm-hmm. All right, so the frontal lobe, which is like pretty much the control panel for your for your brain in general, um, that is where your gamma amino butyric acid is found. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know if you've heard of that, but like I've heard it before. But like I, I'm not even gonna flex. Like in I know passing, what, in passing, yeah, not even gonna flex. Like I know what that means. But, so that is where that is found. And if you have too little of this chemical, that is, that leads to anxiety. And then um, dopamine is also found in there, which pretty much everyone knows about dopamine. Mm -hmm. And so if you have too much dopamine, that that can lead to schizophrenia. But if you have too little... Depression. And okay. And then in the temporal lobe, that's where like you're processing your emotions and like short-term memories and everything. So that makes sense that this is where some chemicals will be found. So have you ever heard of acetylcholine? No. Okay. Okay. Well, if you have too much acetylcholine, then that leads to that can lead to depression. And if you have too little, then that can lead to dementia. Oh. Okay. And then what have you ever heard of neorepinephrine
0: um the last part sounds familiar but not i can't tell you what it is
1: okay so you probably know about epinephrine which we'll talk in a minute okay, but this yeah, is yeah this is no this is no so if you have too much then that can lead to schizophrenia and too little depression all right so in the cerebellum or cerebellum however mm-hmm. y'all say it um so that handles like your movement your coordination it's basically known as your little brain, because, mm-hmm. like, inside your brain. Okay. Yeah. So this is where epinephrine is. And so if that's the one you heard. That's the one mm-hmm. you heard of, yeah. So epinephrine, if you have too little of it, depression. Mm-hmm. And then that's also where adrenaline is. and you have too much, anxiety. All right. And so one of the most common ones that I'm sure, like, everyone knows about, this one is found back in the frontal lobe, um, the serotonin. Mm-hmm. So if you have too little of it, that can, this can lead to like so many different mental illnesses. Um, it can lead to depression, anxiety is where OCD normally stems from. But I want to talk about, do y'all see the common theme here? I mean, depression, depression, like yeah. look how, look how many chemicals are connected to depression. So doesn't it make sense that so, like, not make sense, I guess, but like, so doesn't that kinda correlates with how many people are living with depression nowadays? Yeah. And like people try to like downplay that and act like these people don't have depression. But I'm like, do you see the, the number of possibilities? Yeah. And like this is only a select
0: few. It's either it's either like you have like one thing or depression. One thing or depression. Like it just everyone is an or depression.
1: Yeah. So I mean, like, just stop trying to put these people in these boxes because they're not gonna fit. Yes, exactly.
0: And speaking on the whole, like, don't put people in boxes they can't fit in. I feel like that directly correlates with like how they used to even treat mental illnesses because they were trying Mm. to they were trying to treat these um, people with like things they didn't even know like what the cause was or anything. Right. So in ancient times. Of course, everything derived back to spiritualism. Like, everything came from something to do with spirits and stuff. So, um, they believed that bad spirits and demons were the cause of unusual behavior. So, any, like, stemming anywhere from, like, headaches to seizures, they kind of blamed this on bad spirits. Mm. And... They actually, their their treatment in ancient times, which I could not even fathom, was um, trepanation, which is where they would drill a hole into the skull um, because they felt like whatever bad spirit or whatever was in your head was trapped. And if they made a hole... Oh, they trying to let it out. Could get it out. Um, so, and at first, they were like they found this out because they found all these like skulls and they all had holes in them mm-hmm. and they were like, did they get killed by like blunt force trauma? Like what
1: was the cause of this? Thing? But it was probably like a, like a perfect like surround yes, like that's, round.
0: That's why they didn't, they were like, I don't know what this is. And so yeah. like through like journals and like history and stuff, they found out that it was trepanation. Um, and then moving on to like the Greek period, this Greek physician, um, Hippocrates, introduced um, that there were four hum- humors uh, needed to balance, like, your body and your mental and everything. Um, four humors? Yeah. Okay. It's like, it was just, it was a way to label what was happening with people. So they made four like instances or four things to represent
1: always like, trying to make some labels bro uh, always.
0: always so there was blood, bile, phlegm and black bile
1: so blood
0: represented air and bile represented fire and phlegm <laughs> represented water and black bile represented earth I'm sorry so is this are... avatar? is this <laughs>
1: really avatar? I know.
0: I know they all correspond to like earth like the, I mean, I four humors
1: maybe are like the
0: four elements. elements. Yeah. I mean,
1: maybe, but like, why are they just, I feel like they kind of play in this like a game. And, and it's like, just rude.
0: Yeah. And if the, um, if like one of the humors were off balance, it kind of represented your mental health being off
1: balance. Um, uh, well, how did they measure this? Well, they didn't
0: like measure it per se. They just, it was kind of, it was honestly like the humors were kind of in, um like a excuse I guess you could say Mm. because if someone was acting out or if they were like doing something that was like unusual they would be like oh their blood humor is off balance or their bio humor is off balance okay and and so I mean it was kind of
1: onto something
0: I there were there they were getting there but they weren't there yet they weren't. but um to treat this they would do bloodletting, which is like to balance the blood humor mm-hmm. and it was um like if it if you were if you were ex- like showing unusual behaviors they would drain you of like blood like some
1: blood not so, all of it so would it be like a, like a transfusion nowadays no they didn't like drain you
0: fully of your blood they just drain some out to like because they felt like you had too much, that's why you were like acting
1: mm. that
0: way. So they would drain you of some blood, or oh, so they didn't think it was like in mm. your blood. No, 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 they okay. just thought you had too much or too little, okay. Um, which kind of corresponds with the whole like chemical imbalance. That's what I'm thing. saying. Low key, they had a little bit of it mm-hmm. going on. And um, for, like, the whole, like, bile and everything, all that, to kind of balance that out, they would do, like, purging or dieting mm. um, to, like, fix that. So if they felt like you had too much, they would, like, purge or, I mean, diet, I guess. And, um, but you know the saying, take one step forward, take two steps back. Oh, so yeah. Then, then we came to the 18th century of mental asylums. Oh. Which everyone knows that mental asylums, they didn't help. They helped at first. But then people wanted, they helped, they helped when, they had the good intention. But then some corrupt doctors they, got
1: in there. Yeah, they just, just didn't execute it
0: well yes. at all. And then
1: my girl, Dorothea Dix, was trying to help. Um, it
0: just didn't work out. It just didn't. Mm-hmm. And so in the 18th century, they created mental asylums and um they created these cuz they wanted to help like they wanted to help people and but this is where it takes a bad turn because mm. immediately a social stigma was placed like the if if the family was embarrassed for some reason and like they they passed them on to asylum because they didn't know how to handle and unfortunately these people The people who suffered with mental illnesses were either homeless, committed to asylum, or they were placed in prison. Um, And this is the most disturbing fact I've ever heard. Oh, gosh. But people used to pay 10 shillings to go see mental asylums. Like, it was like a zoo or something. Oh, my gosh. Like, that would be a family outing for the weekend or something. Yeah. I like I when I heard that I was like oh absolutely not yeah
1: literally what in the world and
0: to make mental asylums even worse we moved to the 19th century and that's when electroconvulsions therapy started yeah and it was like it was this Italian psychiatrist Dr Culetti and Dr Beanie and um they like used head shocking Um, because they felt like it would affect the chemicals in the brain to improve like behavior and mood but and they it's like they saw a little bit of progress Mm -hmm. and they just took it and ran with it but like but the negative the whole negative aspect of it really outweighed the benefits because it led to like missing time and even worse moods and behaviors but like since they saw what do you you mean
1: missing time like memory
0: loss yeah like like they would because they would i mean dementia would be ensued because i mean it did affect the chemo it would fry their brain right so parts of it would literally be gone and um and i mean of course they would die eventually but they felt like oh this is improving a little bit but then the more they did it, the worse they got. So they were like, oh, we need to do it more. And then eventually, like, they passed away or something. Mm. Um, And they eventually, they termed the word insanity to be either old people or people with epilepsy, with low IQs, or people who, like, would steal things and stuff. Mm. Um, But, of course, this tends to be a lot of society's people like this makes up a lot of people Mm -hmm. so that resulted in overcrowding and it turned around for the better for a second for just a second because there was this place that opened in London and they kind of took a different route of healing and um, they had gardens and they would give you four meals a day they encouraged you to like dress up and look nice Um, and they were very well treated And most were actually cured within a year. Or, like, they, like, they showed better signs of, like, improvement and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, their treatments were, like, hypnotism, opioids, and then, like, bed rest. Which it was... They considered that a good standing to be five weeks. Like, you would be on bed rest for five weeks. Or a high-calorie diet and massages. And then the whole world war 2 happened so we immediately turned back to our old ways this this whole like great treatment idea that was institutioned in london it kind of just got overshadowed by world war 2 and like how many people needed help because of obviously ptsd and everything and mm-hmm. like so many people needed treatment so this led to mass deinstitutionalization um and actually Francis Galton like headed this and it was from like 1955 to 1954 but essentially like 487,000 people were deinstitutionalized and that oh, wow. is a lot of people that needed treatment to be just turned away um yeah. almost half a million i exactly those way too many people like that were just put out for no reason yeah um so Francis Galton, he kind of kickstarted this movement and it was called the eugenics movement. Um, oh, and he wanted to improve genetic composition. And of course this led to selective breeding right. and he felt that the mentally ill needed to be killed. So they couldn't reproduce and a genocide like started to form, but thankfully like it was kind of cut off pretty quick. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like everyone pretty much knows, like, what a lobotomy is. Like, everyone, it's, like, where they cut a part of your brain out. And they used to perform this because they felt like cutting that part of your brain out would somehow heal you. Because they were cutting out the bad part of your brain. Right. But you never, you don't know where, like... Where it's inflicted at, or even if yeah. it's inflicted, they thought that it was like one point they could cut out, but it's not. And that and that would
1: that would eliminate everything. Yeah, but, but that's... O- obviously, as we've talked about, it's in different parts of your brain, and it's not a really just a part of your brain; it's a chemical in your yeah. brain. Yeah. So yeah,
0: and I guess that they thought that this was working because they gave the doctor that like made it and created it, um, they gave him a Nobel Prize. Okay. but like the effects of all this was like like the people who would have like it would be done to them mm-hmm. it was like slow thinking like they had no emotion no energy this next one just gave me the heebie-jeebies because i could not even like mm. picture like oh it just oh but this um doctor dr freeman he kind of tweaked the lobotomy process i guess you could say okay. um and he did the ice pick lobotomy because uh, he felt like it was fas- faster and more efficient. And he would go under the eyes, into mm-hmm. the brain, and scramble the neuroconnections. Oh, wow. Scramble. Um, yeah, scramble. Keyword there that it did not work. But obviously, like, none of these treatments or anything kind of worked. And so many people, like when they were deinstitutionalized, like, everyone was like, no, like, that place is awful. It's so bad. And so there was a court ruling put in place, like, people can't be placed against their will. Mm -hmm. So this led to a lot of homeless people. And and then moving into, like, the 21st century, a lot of people, like, don't want to work with people who live with mental illnesses. um, And the in, Like, insurance won't pay for, like, they won't pay as much for mental treatment, like, compared to, like, physical treatment.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Because they feel like it's not that big of a deal for some reason.
1: Um, that, just, that just goes back to what we were originally saying, how it's, like, invisible. So, like, people don't take it as seriously.
0: Yeah, they feel like it's not, like, a first concern that needs to be addressed, which, yeah. I mean, f- mental.
1: I mean, if anything, it's kind of, like, more important more important
0: yeah and a lot of like treatments now that really do work um is like therapy and self-care and medications um because like if there's not one medication that doesn't suit you there's another like it we're like constantly evolving like different formulas to help better like different things that you can take. So you can take these medications and it will hopefully help you.
1: Yeah. And we're still like, like you said, like we're constantly evolving. We're still trying to even improve it because it like, it still isn't where it needs to be. Yeah. Like there's all, like there definitely is some room for it to get better. There's definitely room for improvement. So now that we've kind of broken down all this about mental illnesses, I think it's important to kind of think about like how it impacts the person living with it. Mm-hmm. And like how, like, they're just like function in life. Yeah. So, like, we've already mentioned all like the stigma that comes with that. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so negative nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Well, not even nowadays, it always has been. Like, we've gotten better um, mm-hmm. to some extent, but still, like, it's still definitely a neg- negative stigma. Like, these people are ostracized and like discriminated against. Yeah. And she's like, they're seen as lesser than just because of this, because they have a mental illness or something. Um, and so a lot of times this can lead to all, like a lot of inner conflict for that individual, mm-hmm. which like, understandably, yeah, like, um, and that results in a lot of like anger typically. Oh, and that's sure. when you, that's when you see like acting out, or like mm-hmm. rebellion and all that because of due to that inner conflict. Well, I
0: mean, like everyone always like your main thing is you want to be seen. You don't want to be exactly. invisible. So if someone's just like sweeping something under the rug or if you're asking for help and they're not acknowledging it, of course, they're going to act out because they want to be seen.
1: Yeah. Ignoring the problem always is going to make it worse. Exactly. Like 100 percent of the time. And another, another thing that comes along with uh, living with mental illness is like hypersensitivity a lot of times Mm -hmm. um so that's like whether that be to like criticism or just like emotional situations like your emotions are kind of just heightened yeah in a way so like you're just affected differently and stronger than you typically Mm -hmm. would be um so like obviously that's going to cause a whole another like case of problems yeah um and then like we've like everyone always talks about this associates like social awkwardness with mm-hmm. a mental illness um which just some which just I mean to some degree that's true like but it's because of all the like this the stigma that we place on them and like how we discriminate against them and like that hypersensitivity like they don't want to put themselves in a situation in which they're going to feel invisible, like we've said, or they're they're going to feel discriminated against or feel lesser than. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times that's how society makes them feel because of the stigma we place on them.
0: And I mean, a lot of society, they deal with some form of mental illness. And like, I mean, half of mental illnesses begin before the age of 14. Mm -hmm. So like they develop in your like growing years of like 13 and up and like your teenage years so what's most important when your brain is developing and it's like finishing its development that's when most mental illnesses are like found and since like most of these people make up society there's a lot of people that kind of try and hide it so like you said they won't get put in this stigma or anything right and so a lot of people just walk around um like dealing with this by themselves which isn't okay and um some people that like we might think of or like that we might know is like robin williams which everyone knows he was like the happiest guy or like or, or was seen yeah like a happy, like a happy man guy. um he was in all our favorite childhood movies um he was he was loved by so many people but unfortunately he was secretly living with a mental illness um by himself and so he had to deal with all of this by himself which like unfortunately led to his suicide um but a lot of people didn't see the sad like part of his life they only saw the happy
1: right
0: like outgoing guy which wasn't the case
1: yeah, it's like it, many people like they just want to hide it and everything. So it's like you never really know like what someone is going through and like what they're dealing with. And mm-hmm. like when it all comes down to it, it's like what they deal with when they're alone. Yes, exactly. And, like that's like, and that's what that's what's truly going on with them because anybody can put on whatever face they want to.
0: Yeah, and and, the, the whole, and they will. Yeah, the whole like stigma, the negative stigma makes them feel like no one wants like what they think they see it as a problem which it isn't and i feel like since they everyone thinks that like it's negative they don't want to deal with it they feel like they can't go to someone which isn't the case.
1: all right so we spent so much time talking about like this this societal like view Mm -hmm. yeah mental illnesses and the people living with them and everything um But, like, I kind of want to talk about, like, going through and, like, everything I've, like, read about mental illnesses and everything and just really, like, sitting back and thinking about all this. Mm -hmm. I started thinking about something, because, like, we've talked about how society thinks of a mental illness. Yeah. And I want to talk about something society doesn't think of as a mental illness. Okay. Okay. So, I don't want to sound any type of, like, bitter or anything like that because I promise I'm not and also I don't want this to offend anyone okay but I think that or I don't know if I think that I just I feel like something that really can correlate with a lot of stuff with mental illness is love and listen I don't I don't want to sound bitter or anything because everyone knows like everyone that really knows me knows like I am such like like I believe in true romance like Mm -hmm. I believe in a soulmate I believe everybody has their someone yeah so like I'm not trying to be bitter
0: but but... love, love can like drive you to do crazy things
1: thank you Claire thank you because okay so love as a mental illness so by definition we defined a mental illness earlier as a disorder that can cause psychological and behavioral disturbances with varying severities. Okay, so let's break that down into its constituent parts. Okay, so psychological disturbances. Mm -hmm. Love can definitely mess with your mind. Mm -hmm. 100% can't nobody tell me that it doesn't. Okay.
0: It's an emotion. It's an emotion. So exactly. therefore it seems
1: a chemical nerve. Yeah, exactly. It does affect your chemical. Like there have been so many, like your pheromones and all that. So everyone knows uh-huh. that it affects your hormones and uh-huh. chemicals in your brain. Okay. And behavioral disturbances. When you're being in love makes you act different. Different. <laughs> different. Like y'all can be a whole new, well, not even y'all, we, everybody <laughs> could be me. A, can be a, a whole new person when you're in love and there are definitely varying severities like sometimes you, be, you can like somebody or you can love them or you can be in love with them
0: well i mean like love like jealousy and rage and
1: exactly there's so many things that come along with yes. it yes yes okay so by definite like by we just put it we just put it in the place of the definition and mm-hmm. it's fitting pretty well that's what I hear the all right and fitting. then that's what I'm saying like Cinderella could <laughs> never but <laughs> and so let, let's just go through a couple of phrases that people commonly say people they're lovesick mm-hmm. love is blind mm-hmm. and what it clears love makes you do crazy things
0: crazy things
1: Love struck, like there are just all these. I got
0: bit by the love bug.
1: Get bit by the love bug. Like (laughs) there are just so many things, and I'm like, we're literally just we're we're talking about it as if it's a mental illness without even realizing it. Yeah. And so, like we like we just mentioned, like some of the chemicals and everything. So, like dopamine, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Um dopamine is goes along with like your pleasure and your motivation. So like mm-hmm. obviously that correlate with love a little bit. Um and when you're in love, your dopamine level is increased. Oh okay. which, if you remember earlier, I said if you have too much dopamine leads to schizophrenia, which so some of the side effects of schizophrenia are like hallucinations, like hearing voices and all that stuff. And I'm not saying like if you're in love, you're schizophrenic. But you are leaning, I don't want to say you're leaning more that way, but you're gaining more. So, like, it would kind of make sense Yeah. if some of those, some of the attributes that go along with schizophrenia kind of came to the surface a bit.
0: Well, I mean, sometimes, I mean, I'm not saying everyone does this, but I know in some cases, like, in some, like, murder cases Mm -hmm. when it's like a spouse or like someone someone in love with somebody like commits murder they say like they they may have like hallucinated a conversation that they thought they heard that didn't happen
1: Mm -hmm. and like their
0: jealousy was automatically kicked in
1: yep that brings up another phrase love them to death like
0: of them to death to
1: death and some like love like love makes you do crazy things sometimes like even it'll drive someone to the point of killing like they were there there's so much passion there is so much there that they literally it changes their morals like they will go against their beliefs Mm -hmm. and everything so Mm -hmm. and obviously like we know testosterone like that's just a given is increased when you're in love like that's just a given and mm-hmm. so something else about being in love is like the obsession that comes with that like people get very oh, obsessed yes. very clingy there are like compulsive acts like you feel the need to act a certain way or you feel led to act a certain way okay. and treat them a certain way so that goes back to uh, serotonin which is like the uh, the ocd mm-hmm. um and everything so it's like before you got into this relationship, like you said, you were like, I would never do this. I would never do that. Like, I would never date a person that's like this or that. Or like, mm-hmm. I would never stick around for that or that. And then
0: you fall in love. In,
1: and then you're in the situation and you're in love with the person and you're doing all these things you said you would never do. And then your friends are like, hey, you said you would never do that like they're changing you like yeah you're, they're changing you people stay saying that stuff to people <laughs> you know they're like they if people say that all the time they're like yeah like they're in, they were a new person once they got their girl or something mm-hmm. it's like crazy stuff and like something i always hear and it's like whether it be in movies or real life it's like they're delusional like if someone's yeah. in love people be like they're delusional which mm-hmm. like Honestly, like we are, like when you're in love, you are like you are living in reality. Mm-hmm. Like you're living in your own world with your person, and you're just thinking that all this stuff is one way when it really, like, it ain't. It don't connect with what's really going on. And like mm-hmm. you are delusional, like you're in denial, and mm-hmm. that's just what it is. So I just want to put it out there that love could be seen as well, a mental sure. illness. That many people are living with. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. That's my case. (laughs) (laughs) So you're telling
0: me that the craziness that is mental illnesses is that as society is like evolving and changing um, and we're like learning the things we didn't know that deal with mental illnesses, we need to somehow, like, apply that to better our understanding and better how we respond to things. And honestly, just advance us a, as humanity yeah, cause as Yeah, because it's a important to be
1: mindful of how we're treating people and how we're, like, mm-hmm. encompassing them into our community.
0: And we're doing a riddle today, but I just want to shed light that mental illness is not a joke and that it shouldn't be taken lightly.
1: And today's riddle is, what game can be dangerous to your mental health? And if you want to find out the answer, make sure you're following us on Instagram at SoberThoughts.podcast, where we will post the answer on our story within 24 hours. And if you're listening to this at a later date, it'll be on our highlights.
0: And that's it for today's Sober Thoughts. So we will most definitely see you next time with a new Sober Thought.
1: We gonna hit you with it. New craziness. That's right. And a new thought process. Don't you doubt it. And if you enjoyed this make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next one. Don't do it. You do not want no, to. No, ma'am. So we will see you next time so bros. Bye.